You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the conservative crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in. This feels weird to say because it's been so long, but thank you for tuning in. My name is GOP Josh here on the Red Future Radio Network with the conservative crusader. RedFutureRadio.com and GOPJosh.com are our websites. If you haven't seen on our social media already, uh, my social medias are at GOPJosh on Facebook, Gab, Getter, Parlor, Telegram, and Truth Social. My Twitter and Instagram are at GOPJosh20. I will be only, only be doing shows on Mondays and Thursdays from now on. So Mondays at 8 p.m. and Thursdays at 8 p.m. shows will be released on the Red Future Radio Network, wherever you get your podcasts. And on Saturdays, one Saturday a month, hopefully, we're aiming for, we will be doing one interview with a candidate. Maybe a candidate for office, maybe a cool business or a cool friend of the show, one of the other many options for interviews. We'll try to do one of those a month. But the podcast schedule is changing. So if you're an avid listener, I appreciate you listening. Just know there will not be as many episodes for you to listen to. But I recommend every show on the Red Feature Radio lineup. So far, we have the Samuel McGuire show. You can go to redfeatureradio.com, click on the shows tab, and find the shows there. He is great at what he does with his interviews. He's interviewing candidates for pretty much every office. In the state of Ohio, he's had state central committee members on, or candidates for state central committee, uh, candidates for state representative. He is absolutely killing it, and I recommend his program. He does multiple episodes a week, more episodes uh, than I do nowadays. So, so listen to his program when I'm off the air, and even when I am on the air, listen to his program as well. The Samuel McGuire Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RedFutureRadio.com. So that's the new schedule. For the program, we are doing Mondays and Thursdays at 8 p.m. Uh, maybe maybe it will be Monday, Wednesday, Friday at one point, but for right now, it is just Monday and Thursday. And if we do have to miss an episode for any un, unknown circumstance, uh, that'll be on my Twitter page, at GOPJosh20 over there. So there was the January 6th hearing, and I'm sure you've heard about this smoking gun that Cassidy Hutchinson's, or whatever her last name is, had that she secondhand heard that President Trump assaulted a Capitol Police officer, I'm sorry, not a Capitol Police officer, a Secret Service agent who was driving the vehicle, putting his hand on the wheel of the vehicle, reaching over the backseat, I guess, because this is, uh, Trump's not a, a small guy. I mean, I think most of us probably listening to this have either been to a Trump rally or seen Trump in a crowd of people. He's not a a small guy, right? So he reached around the front seats, grabbed onto the steering wheel. When the Secret Service agent tried to take his hand off the wheel, he grabbed the Secret Service agent's throat. That is the smoking gun. And the reason he did that is supposedly because President Trump wanted to go to the Capitol on January 6th, and he wasn't allowed to go to the Capitol because it was unsafe. People were armed. By the way, the amount of security that was in D.C. that day at the Capitol, there may not have been enough, but in the entire district overall, they would have known if someone was armed. And the president was speaking in the ellipse. They had the bulletproof glass, everything like that. If someone was armed, they would have gotten the, the gun confiscated. And if they were armed, it's because D.C. gun laws don't work like any other gun law. 
But that's why Trump couldn't go to the Capitol, because it was unsafe, it wasn't secure, etc. He wanted to go to the Capitol, he said during the speech, that he was going to march with them. Obviously, that didn't happen. But he also said peacefully and patriotically. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. But President Trump was supposedly assaulting police officers right after saying um, he wants to peacefully and patriotically make voices heard. So he, he, yeah, Trump supposedly grabbed an agent and a steering wheel of the vehicle that he was riding in the backseat. And by the way, if you've ever seen a presidential motorcade, if if you've seen the Beast, it's not a small vehicle. It would have been very difficult to do without him being restrained by someone else. There are an infinite amount of, not infinite, but there is a large amount of secret service agents in every vehicle. So that's just a, a radical claim. And the Secret Service is willing to go under oath to testify and verify against what Cassidy Hutchinson said. Or Hutchinson said. Because the January 6th committee didn't verify their claims. So Cassidy Hutchinson, supposedly, uh, she was a White House aide during the Trump administration, said that Secret Service official Anthony Ornando had told her that an angry Trump attacked the head of his detail when agents refused to drive him to the Capitol on January 6th. She heard it from a friend. This young Amber Heard-style staffer heard from a friend that Trump did this, so she went in front of the entire nation and said that Trump did that. Taking his word as gospel. I'm sorry, if you've ever seen a presidential motorcade, if you've ever seen a president in a path or in a crowd, there's not any way that that President Trump did that. There's no way he lunged at the wheel, grabbed the wheel, grabbed the Secret Service agent's throat. None of that. None of it's true. The Secret Service was not contacted by the committee about Hutchinson's claims before the committee aired them as a blockbuster special, special. Anthony uh, Giuligalimi, Secret Service Chief of Communications, confirmed to the Daily Wire on Wednesday. The Secret Service has been cooperating with the Select Committee since its inception in spring of 2021 and will continue to do so, including by responding to on the record to the testimonies regarding the new allegations surfaced in today's testimony. A Secret Service official with familiar with the matter told CNN that Tony Ornato denies telling Cassidy Hutchinson that the former president grabbed by the steering wheel or an agent on his detail. So she lied. She took this man's name, dragged it through the mud, and claiming it was true. The Secret Service Communications Department would not confirm under oath her claim, or would not confirm in an email her claim, whether or not it was true. They would say we will share our first-hand account with the committee on the record. They said that in a statement to the, to, to the Daily Wire. It's not appropriate for us to make these comments in the media before we have a chance to address, address members of Congress. Trump himself referred, referred to uh, Hutchinson as a phony social climber in a post on his social media platform, Truth Social. So if you are a... Democrat, if you are a leftist, if you are a former Trump staffer who has gone full never Trump, 
and you are going to lie under oath. What is what do you get out of that? What do you gain from lying under oath? What do you gain from that take? Well, the only way that anything could happen, based on my knowledge, is that you would have to be charged by Congress for lying under oath. Congress would have to put up a referral for your arrest for lying under oath or committing perjury. And there's a Democratic majority in Congress. So, Cassidy Hutchinson, found guilty of lying or not, will not truly be found guilty. Nothing will happen from that besides she'll probably become a, a full-time commentator on CNN or, CNN or, MSN, or MSDNC. But I think the only way, the only thing they're trying to do here is if they lie enough about President Trump, if they lie enough about Orange Man, that they hope he will go in front of the committee and testify. Go in front of the committee and tell his first-hand account of the day, which he has already said he won't be doing. They're going to drag his name through the mud, drag what happened that day through the mud, based solely on their own partisanship. And based only to hurt President Trump and to not help anyone else. The only thing it helps is the Democratic National Congressional Committee, or the DCCC, whatever you want to call it. If we're, if we're being honest, what does this do? Outside of an in-kind campaign contribution to the Democratic Campaign Congressional Committee or the Congressional Campaign Committee. Whatever those two, right? All it does is try to put a negative perspective of Donald Trump in the media. Ultra MAGA is meant to do the same. The, the claim of Ultra MAGA. The hearings are supposed to do the same. Just to put a negative effect of Trump's campaign, of Trump himself, into the eyes of yourself, and into the eyes of the American public. That if they say enough negative about the president, they say enough negative about the winner of the 2020 election, which we'll get into after, after the break, then maybe he won't try to run again. Maybe he won't try to make America great again, again. But I doubt it. And, and after this hearing, Liz Cheney went to the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library. Ronald Reagan is this Esteemed conservative icon, if you go back in time, if you go back to the 80s, Ronald Reagan was hated by the Republican establishment. The Republican establishment of the 1980s hated Ronald Reagan. Hated Ronald Reagan. His only goal, just like President Trump, was to make America great again. And they hated that. Just like they hated President Trump. But the Reagan Institute, the Reagan Foundation, the Reagan Library has been esteemed with these swamp rhinos, absorbed by these swamp rhinos. With Liz Cheney being a keynote speaker in a standing room only crowd at the Reagan Library. 
Republican Wyoming Representative Liz Cheney trashed Trump supporting Republicans in a speech at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library on Wednesday, calling former Donald President Donald Trump a domestic threat. Cheney claimed that Republicans cannot be loyal to Donald Trump and be loyal to the Constitution. She voted for the red flag gun law, by the way. At this moment, we are confronting a domestic threat that we have never faced before, and it's that the former president who is attempting to unravel the foundations of our constitutional republic. Cheney said Trump is aided by Republican leaders and elected officials who have made themselves willing hostage to this dangerous and irrational man. Do you find President Trump dangerous and irrational? Call into the program 57 GOP Josh 7574675 Leave your message. Cheney is on the select committee. I haven't heard this clip yet, but let's play the clip. It has become clear that the efforts Donald Trump oversaw and engaged in were even more chilling and more threatening than we could have imagined. As we have shown, Donald Trump attempted to overturn the presidential election. He attempted to stay in office and to prevent the peaceful transfer of presidential power. He summoned a mob to Washington. He knew they were armed on January 6th. He knew they were angry. And he directed the violent mob to march on the Capitol in order to delay or prevent completely the counting of electoral votes. He attempted to go there with them. And when the violence was underway, he refused to take action to tell the rioters to leave. Instead, he incited further violence by tweeting that the vice president, Mike Pence, was a coward. He said, quote, Mike deserves it. And he didn't want to do anything in response to the hang Mike Pence chants. It's undeniable. It's also painful for Republicans to accept And I think we all have to recognize and understand what it means to say those words and what it means that those things happened. But the, the reality that we face today as Republicans, as we think about the choice in front of us, we have to choose because Republicans cannot both be loyal to Donald Trump and loyal to the Constitution. You cannot be loyal to Donald Trump. You cannot be a Republican that supports Donald Trump and be loyal to the Constitution. Because your partisan committee picked out one witness with no firsthand accountability of what happened on January 6th to be your smoking gun to criminalize Donald Trump and your smoking gun to try to affect his future presidential run, which will happen. Liz Cheney should not be the future of the Republican Party. She is the past of of the Republican Party. And as they say, you need to leave the past in the past. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. When we return, there is a new ballot analysis that says Donald Trump won Maricopa County, Arizona, by a large number. Also, Katanji Brown-Jackson is sworn in. Uh, the Supreme Court rules on an EPA decision. Democratic Senators Manchin and Cinema won't back changing the filibuster. 
And AOC endorses in a very interesting race that she should have no effect in. My name is JP Joshua. Oh, sorry, wrong button. My name is JP Joshua. We'll be right back after this here on the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network, GOPJosh.com. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. If you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. That was presidential candidates Donald or uh, Joe Biden talking about President Trump, where if you don't support Joe Biden, well, folks, you ain't black. Now, on behalf of all of the members of the court, I am pleased to welcome Justice Jackson to the court and to our common calling. And that was Ketanji Brown-Jackson being sworn in, according to Good Morning America on the ABC network. This is their official tweet about it with with their video. That's the video I played. Ketanji Brown-Jackson is sworn in as the first black Supreme Court justice in U.S. history. Thurgood Marshall would like a word. Clarence Thomas, still sitting on the bench, would like a word. But Katanji Brown-Jackson, according to Good Morning America, is the first black Supreme Court justice in U.S. history. I guess the, well, if you don't vote for us, you ain't black claim. I claim, I guess that's true. Because according to the media, you are not black if you are a conservative. But Katanji Brown-Jackson was sworn in as a United States Supreme Court justice, the first black woman to ascend to the highest court in the land. Now, usually when they make these gaffes, they say, oh, she's not bl- or she's the first black person. They usually delete them pretty quick. I'm recording this at 6.49 p.m. And this tweet was put out at 1.46 p.m. earlier today, about five hours ago. And it's still on my screen, and it's still live right now. If I refresh the page, the tweet is still there. Nope, they deleted it. Sorry. So between the time I started recording this and the time this recording is uh, at this point, they have taken it down. (laughs) But she is the first black woman to serve on the Supreme Court. Like Breyer, Jackson is a liberal jurist and liberal activist groups and lawmakers herald her nomination and her confirmation to the court as a massive victory. Uh, She said in a statement, With a full heart, I accept the solemn responsibility of supporting and defending the Constitution of the United States. And administering justice without fear or favor, so help me God, Jackson said in a statement on Thursday. I am truly grateful to be part of the promise of our great nation. So they have finalized the opinions this year on the U.S. Supreme Court, so she is taking over place for liberal Stephen Breyer. And I feel like Breyer was kind of cut cut short. They kind of forced him out. They said, you know what, we're not going to have Congress after the midterms. We're not going to have enough votes to get another person confirmed if something happens to you because you're like 80-something years old. You're an old guy. Right, we need to just replace you now. Just get out of here. Let Katanji Brown-Jackson take your spot. Let this black woman take the spot of the old white man. And that is what happened with Katanji Brown-Jackson now on the Supreme Court. Congratulations to her. I hope she's fair, but I know that she would just work in the interests of the Biden administration and future Democratic administrations after that. 
There was a ruling on climate change by the Supreme Court while we're talking about the court. The Supreme Court dealt a significant blow to the Biden administration's climate change agenda ruling Thursday that the EPA cannot pass sweeping regulations that could overhaul the entire industries without additional congressional approval. The 6-3 decision limits how far the executive branch can go enforcing new environmental regulations on its own. Quote, capping carbon dioxide emissions at a level that will force a nationwide transition away from the use of coal to generate electricity may be a sensible solution to the crisis of the day. But it is not plausible that Congress gave EPA the authority to adopt its own such regulatory scheme uh, reg- regulatory scheme in Section 111. Chief Justice John Roberts said in the court's opinion, referencing Section 111 of the Clear Air Act, quote, a decision of such magnitude and consequence rests within Congress itself or an agency acting pursuant to clear delegation from that representative body unclosed. End quote, I'm sorry. The case stemmed from the Obama administration's 2015 Clean Power Plan, which aimed to reduce carbon emissions at a power plant by shifting by pushing a shift from coal to natural gas and ultimately to wind and solar energy. The plan was put on hold by the Supreme Court in 2016 and then repealed by the Trump administration and replaced by the less extreme ACE rule. So the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, cannot single-handedly decide the environmental policy of the United States, which is good. It is a branch of the executive branch. It's like the little branch that twigs off, the little twig is a twig of the government. It's not a branch, it's a twig of the executive branch. And they cannot act as as the Congress. They cannot act as the legislative, the executive, and the judicial branch. They are one branch. They are the executive branch. They're supposed to provide guidelines to Congress on what they they think they should do to the environment. And the overreach that has been done by the EPA is finally over due to the Supreme Court. Thank you, Supreme Court. Are you tired of winning yet? People say the wins are are, are the the wins are the elections, right? When you when you win an election, when you is when you truly win. When you take this victory in this election, you win, you you can do what you want to do. You can sign executive orders. You can pass bills in Congress. That's when you truly win, right? I think the win is a little bit different. I, I take winning a little bit different. I don't think winning is like an in soccer when you win one game. That might be a win, but that, that's a step. You can have small wins on the way to victory, but, but the true win would be winning the championship. In the U.S. championship, in the government, is the court that Donald Trump built. I believe every president has a legacy. Obama's legacy is school lunches. <laughs> Obama's legacy is is the first black president. That's what he has going for him. That's the only reason he was elected, if we're being honest, is he's the first black president. George W. Bush's legacy was his recovery from 9-11. George H.W. Bush's legacy is no more taxes. Bill Clinton's is the... The Monica Lewinsky, Monica Lewinsky scandal, and, and Trump didn't have any of that. Trump wasn't a scandal-filled president. His legacy is something that actually helped the country, and George W. Bush's recovery obviously did as well. But Trump's legacy is the Supreme Court that he built. Without Justice Kavanaugh, without Justice Coney Barrett, Without Justice Gorsuch, 
Had he appointed the same lukewarm conservatives we've had before, this country would be in a significantly different shape. So the win isn't one game. The win isn't one election. The win isn't one campaign. The win is truly won when the actions from your win go into place. If we didn't have the majority in the Senate, if we didn't have the majority, or I'm sorry, the Republican president, we would not have the, the court we do today. So, so the, the wins that we have in elections are just stepping stones for the true wins which happen at the courts and happen in the legislature from what our victories on the campaign trail does. So, so the people on Twitter that do the election predictions that are just worried about one random congressional election in Tennessee, like Tennessee's first congressional district or whatever, saying we need to win this one race because then we will truly win. That's not the win. The win isn't one race. One race doesn't affect 99% of Americans. What does is the result of that race and what that person who wins that race will do. The true victory was Amy Coney Barrett, was Brett Kavanaugh, and was Neil Gorsuch. It wasn't the Electoral College. It wasn't Tennessee's first congressional district. It wasn't any of this. It was truly... The, the results of our election wins. Those are the actual wins. And I am proud to say that I supported the three justices that were confirmed to the Supreme Court. I don't support them fully. I, I've given them my fair share of criticism. But what they've done over the past week and in this past time has truly made, them pr- made, me, made me proud to be a conservative and made me proud to support President Trump and support them. But we do know that Roe v. Wade was overturned and the Supreme Court, I'm sorry, the the Senate will not be codifying Roe into law. Because Senator Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema remained steadfast in their defense of the filibuster, their office has said, despite public pressure all the way up from up all the way up to President Biden. Manchin's office told DailyMail.com the West Virginia Democrats position has not changed in light of the president's new comments. And Sinema's office referred DailyMail.com. To a statement the Arizona Senate, the Arizona Democrat, I'm sorry, made after the leak of the Supreme Court decision. Protections in the Senate safeguarding against the erosion of a woman's access to health care have now been used over half a dozen times in the past 10 years and are more important now than ever. In new comments during a press conference in Madrid on Thursday, Biden said he would back an exemption to the filibuster to pass federal abortion legislation and blasted the Supreme Court's outrageous repealing of Roe v. Wade. Speaking to reporters at the end of a NATO summit in Madrid, Spain, he condemned the ruling and its impact. America is better positioned to lead the world than we ever have been. But one thing has been destabilizing is the outrageous behavior of the Supreme Court of the United States in overruling not only Roe v. Wade, but essentially challenging the right to privacy. So we have here Joe Biden. The guy who's been in the Senate for 40 years knows how the Senate works like the back of his hand wanting to throw out the filibuster for one issue. And if you don't want, if you are the the pro-democracy side, if you are the Democratic Party, the pro-democracy side, right? The democracy America was not built on, by the way. But if you are the pro-democracy side, why is it so bad that abortion is returning to the states? Where the lowest level of elected officials 
get to decide their state's policy. For the same reason that election laws are made the same way. They want to usurp the state's power. They want to take the power of our states, take the power of our separation of powers. They want to abolish that, abolish our founding on being able to have a separate power, be able for the the states to have a job. Because California should not have the same policy as Wyoming. Well, maybe because of the representatives they should, but California should not have the same policy as Ohio. Should not have the same policy as Texas. Because we are individual states within a union together. And I applaud Joe Manchin, I applaud Kirsten Sinema for not wanting to abolish the filibuster to do their personal politics, their personal bidding in the Senate. And AOC has endorsed. Now, I'm sorry, AOC's endorsement means less than a a bag of rice, which is about a dollar. Hers is worth about maybe 30 cents in an in-kind campaign contribution. But maybe 30 cents for the opponents because AOC, a progressive in the House who has often lends support to other far-left candidates in races across the country, endorsed three critical Senate seats for the Democrats. Three seats that are critical for the Dems to take to have a true majority in the Senate. She endorsed John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, Mandela Barnes in Wisconsin, and she endorsed Tim Ryan for U.S. Senate in the state of Ohio. He support, she supports Tim Ryan. And I'm sorry. If she supports Tim Ryan, sign me up to knock doors for J.D. Vance. And I, I don't even care that much for J.D. Vance. I mean, he, he's not my favorite candidate, but Tim Ryan has voted with AOC, I think it's 95% of the time. And this endorsement is everything you need to know about him completely. And I applaud that. And I applaud those endorsements because that's going to help J.D. Vance. It's going to help. Um, I'm not sure he's running in Wisconsin, but that's going to help Dr. Oz because no one likes AOC. No, I, I, don't, I can't tell you the last time her endorsed candidate won, especially in Ohio. She endorsed Nina Turner. Remember Nina, remember Nina Turner? <laughs> But anyways, thank you for tuning in today to the Conservative Crusader. I know the episodes are a little bit different now, but we are doing as much as we can to get content out to you guys because we I, I love doing the program. If I didn't love doing the program, I wouldn't do it, but I love doing the program. I love you all listening. I love you all tuning in. I appreciate you all for doing what you do and, and supporting when you can. Rate five stars on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. Leave a comment. I appreciate that on the on the. Rating side, call into the program, 57JPJ7, 57JPJ7. Our questions for J.R. Majewski are coming due pretty soon. I, I'm not sending them to him, but it's pretty soon for the interview. So make sure you send those in as well. Josh at GOPJosh.com in the email. Or the voicemails are available at the same number, 57GOPJosh7. My name is GOP Josh. This has been the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network. Thank you for tuning in, and I'll see you on Monday. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 